Yesterday I was in the grocery store and there was a person in there throwing cheese. He was throwing butter and yogurt at me. And then there was this woman who stood up and yelled, how dare he? Get it? How dare he? How dare he? Uh, Welcome to the Daily Devotionals podcast for kids and adults. I am Pastor Colt. I grew up in a small rural church in Montana, and in that church there was a young man who was born, I would say, severely disabled. He was a, a few years older than I was, and and he couldn't talk, uh, he couldn't walk, uh, he, well, he, he was really hard to understand. And I, I remember when I was young and he would want to talk to me, I, I would dread it because it was so difficult to understand him, and it would just make me feel awkward. Um, so I, I kind of avoided him. It isn't easy for me to admit. And of course I look back and I feel guilty that I didn't intentionally take some time and, and visit with him. I'm sure that would have meant a lot to him. And I'm sure it did mean a lot when people cared enough to, uh, spend some time with him in our story today in Mark chapter seven, verses 31 through 37, we see how Jesus didn't have the same regrets that I do, but not only did he heal a man who couldn't hear and people couldn't understand him, when he talked, Jesus not only healed him, but he had great compassion on him. You know, let me say something else here, and, and maybe this is a little bit off subject, but sometimes we refer to these things as as birth defects. For instance, a person is born without an arm or a leg. This is a birth defect. If they are born with a certain disease that puts them in a wheelchair, unable to control their movements and talk very well. This is a birth defect. I was born without some permanent teeth and had to get some implants. This is a birth defect. And the more I think about it, I understand what that language is trying to communicate, but it also communicates that these were born wrong. It communicates that these are are less than human, perhaps. Like we're saying that that since there's this certain issue that they're less than a normal human being in some way, even in some small way. And and that's dangerous. My my friend back in Montana that I mentioned, he has great hardship. There's no denying that. What is also undeniable is that he is very special. And on the day that when he receives his new body at the resurrection, uh, perhaps he will be more appreciative than that, than I could ever, ever fathom. So as we think about this text, just think about that. But let's just walk through this text. I want you to get the, the picture here, though, first of all, where Jesus goes, right? We talk about geography a lot just to kind of get a mental picture. We talked about him last time being in the area of Tyre and Sidon. This is in the north part of Galilee, northern, north of Galilee on the, the western coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Now Jesus heads east. He comes down the east side of the Sea of Galilee and travels to a, a place. The travel It looks kind of like a horseshoe the way he went. And he heads to a place called the Decapolis. This is an area where there are 10 Gentile-influenced cities. Now, uh, in this area... There is a a crowd of people that had gathered around Jesus. Some people um, bring a man to Jesus. This man was deaf. He was ununderstandable. 
And these wanted Jesus to lay his hand on, on him and, and heal him. So what does Jesus do? Well, it's interesting. He takes this man aside, away from the crowd. This man has a, a private audience with Jesus, as it were. And Jesus does a couple things here. He puts the his fingers in this guy's ears, and then he uh, spits, we're told, and then he touches the guy's tongue. And the question is, is why would he do that? You know, in the, the previous passage, we saw how Jesus healed a little girl who was possessed by a demon, but he didn't even meet that little girl. He didn't touch her. He didn't go to her. He didn't lay his hand on her. He didn't do anything. So we know that Jesus doesn't have to touch somebody to heal them. And, and there was nothing healing about what Jesus did here. The best explanation that I heard for this is that Jesus was using kind of a, a sign language with this man. He put his fingers in his ears to tell him that, that he would hear. He, he touched his mouth, telling the man that he would be able to speak intelligent, intelligently. So Jesus did this, and then he looked up to heaven, he sighed, and then he uh, said an Aramaic word, which means be opened. And the man, uh, his ears were opened, his uh, tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Now, we said in a, a previous lessons that when Jesus physically heals somebody, it is pointing to what happens spiritually when one trusts Jesus for their salvation. When Jesus heals one spiritually from the sickness of sin that leads to spiritual death, it is that is pictured in what Jesus does physically. The, the physical healing is pointing to a spiritual reality. Now, this story is no different. In, in fact, after Jesus heals this man, we are told that his ears were opened, his tongue released. I love that language. It's almost uh, the language of a prisoner being set free, their, their shackles being opened, and them being released from the prison because the, the door of the prison is opened. It's language of freedom. Before this man was captive to his disability, he was uh, couldn't hear. He, he couldn't speak like he wanted to speak, but now he was free. And this is just like you and I, and I. Before Jesus, we were, whether we realized it or not, we were held captive in our sin and our, in our rebellion. It, it was a hopeless situation. It, it was like being convicted of a crime and sitting in prison awaiting the death penalty, spiritually speaking. So... Here is the, the thing that I, I want you to really note in this story. I, I want you to notice how Jesus showed compassion for this guy. Jesus could have just healed him like he was playing duck, duck, goose or something. He could have just healed every 10th person that needed healing or whatever. We have no idea how many people in the crowd that Jesus didn't heal or other people that Jesus healed. There, there's a lot of things we don't know here. But what we do know, however, is that Jesus saw this man that was brought to him. He, he took him aside and he communicated with him. He spent some time with him before he healed him. He showed this man a great love and he made a, a great impact on him by the compassion that he showed him. Now, this is really no different in our spiritual lives, is it? 
Jesus could save some, no big deal. He could just, boom, save people. But just think about how it happens when Jesus saves people. It happens through someone, a parent, a relative, a Sunday school teacher, somebody that cares so much for you that they will tell you that you are a sinner and that you need Jesus. And then they'll proceed to tell you all that Jesus has done for you, that he was perfect where you failed. When I failed, when I was younger and in showing compassion for the young person that I told you about, Jesus, he was perfect. We see that in our story. Jesus is always perfect. Every time we have fallen short, my friend, coming to faith, coming to trust in in Jesus is all the work of God. But that does not mean that it isn't intensely, that it isn't immensely personal, does it? Because it is. And the more we contemplate, the more we think about what God has done for us, The more we think about what God has done for us before the world ever existed, the more we think about what he has done for us in the person of Jesus Christ on earth and, and dying on the cross, the more we start thinking about our own lives and how uh, Jesus used uh, circumstance in different people and in, in drawing us to faith. It's incredibly personal. It's incredibly uh, compassionate the way Jesus orchestrates all of this in our life. There, there's not one person that is saved by Jesus to whom Jesus doesn't take aside and, and lovingly heal like he did this man. So take some time and think about how Jesus has shown compassion to you. And, and then go a step further and, and think about how you can show love and compassion to those around you. Join us next time for more of the Daily Devotionals podcast for kids and adults. My name is Colt Robinson. I am the pastor of Bethel Church in Yale, South Dakota. You can find us online at BethelMBChurch.org. You can find this podcast on the web at DailyDevosForKids.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you have questions or comments or a joke idea, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Have an adult help you if you must. Uh, go to the website, reach reach us that way, use the message feature in the episode description. Adults, if you like the podcast, please share it on social media. Give us a good rating, which will help others find it. And I will see you next time.